Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger. The topic for today, we've got a great interview with slow journalism startup Tortoise on the benefit of being open with your audience through editorial discussions. So one of the big successes of 2018 was the Kickstarter campaign of Tortoise, who managed to crowdfund well beyond their £75,000 goal to launch their slow and open journalism model. True to their name, Tortoise promises a slowed down, wised up form of journalism which cuts through the noise of the news and offers their readers a selection of their most vital reads and takeaways and it went down so well that they raised over half a million pounds dwarfing their initial target. So something must have clicked. Today, we look at one of the key components of their editorial and business model, which is their think-in sessions. These are discussions between their members and journalists to discuss some of the big structural issues in the world today, and more importantly, how to report on them. So the first thing to say about think-ins would be that um, they're really at the heart of this new newsroom approach that Tortoise is looking to do, both enabling us to slow down, but more importantly, to open up. So they're critical to the open journalism. Uh, They're the start point of the way we think differently about how we can build a newsroom that our members are part of. So that was Katie Vanek-Smith, one of the co-founders of Tortoise, who explains to me why peeling back the curtain and inviting audiences into the editorial process can help not only shape meaningful journalism, but be a cornerstone in an effective mixed revenue model. Today, we take a look at how the thinking discussions tie in with their slow journalism mission statement and how it shapes editorial content and decisions. But first, she takes me through Tortoise in a nutshell. So at Tortoise, as you know, we're a membership organisation and we want people to be part of our newsroom. And thinkings give us um, a daily opportunity to open up our journalism, to invite members in and uh, other expert um, voices and um, they are if you like both a brilliant way for us to hear different points of view so it creates an organized system of listening both in our newsroom and on the road but they are also a great way for our members to truly engage with and be part of the journalism so um, we host them every day they are are if you like the traditional news conference, but reimagined. Um, they are for about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And um, they are programmed to be on topics, issues and case files that we care about and we think are important conversations that we should be having as a society and as a newsroom. And they then inform our point of view that then gets published post and in many instances, our thinkings are part of a series. So um, many of the things that we need to report on and journalistically shine a light on are not conversations you can have one off. They are a series of conversations, be that gender, racism in the UK and other conversations like that. So that is um, the thinking in a nutshell. Let's then look at some examples of the thinkings, and it's important here, just quickly, to explain that thinkings come in two variations, if you will. There are open discussions, which run once a week, and these are a bit more of a blank canvas, and it might cover something less timely, but also something in our minds and in focus. And then there are theme discussions with a fixed talking point, from dating in the digital age to migration and the state of asylum. 
and these fall into five categories, five big forces which shape our world. But we'll come back to this, so keep it in the back of your mind. I actually attended an open thinking discussion back in January, which ended up being focused on Brexit and back then the impending decision on how Parliament should vote on May's EU deal. It was led by James Harding, one of the other Tortoise co-founders, who did very well to sort of referee this discussion between members and journalists and anyone else that wanted to turn up. And as you can imagine, it split the room and there were a whole host of different opinions on display. I was curious then how exactly the thinkings shaped subsequent content, how it challenged any preconceived ideas, and what it offered to editorial decisions going forward, given of course that Tortoise content is currently only viewable on the beta app, which only members who chipped into the Kickstarter campaign have access to. So it gives us an opportunity to have conversations that are slower i.e. they're not today's news, but they're big news topics that we're thinking about and have been part of ongoing conversations. So in the example you're talking about, the Brexit conversation, I think it was um, uh, in that thinking that one of the members challenged James back and said, when we asked the room, how would you vote? Would you vote for a second referendum? Would you vote for, um, you know, no deal Brexit. And I think we were heckled by a member who said, it depends on the question. And so our journalist, Chris Cook, actually, I think it was the following week, wrote a piece in our slow news feed, which is our daily edition, which was called The Question of the Question. And that directly came out of the open news thinking and the conversation on Brexit. Um, And when James was rightly heckled by a member, who uh, said, well, we can't tell you whether we'd have we'd vote for a second referendum because it's all about the question, not about the nature of a referendum. So that's a great example of, you know, how our members are shaping and driving the journalism that Tortoise, you know, covers and talks to. So if you look at this month's schedule, on February the 20th, we're doing a thinking, um, which again comes out of the Brexit conversation that we would have had in that open news um, thinking on the 14th of uh, January. And it's what does it mean to be British today? If you remember in that conversation around Brexit, the two things that came out were sort of talking about, look, we're bored about talking about Brexit. We want to know post-Brexit, what does it mean? How do we as a country rebuild and move on if we find ourselves in a world of Brexit or not? And what does it mean now for us? Um, you know, as British identity. So two things. A week later, the question of the question was genuinely a piece of journalism in our daily edition, and it informed a future thinking, which is what does it now mean to be British? And at the time of this interview, there was a discussion that evening on migration and the state of asylum, which we touched on earlier. While Katie would not be present, she did give me some thoughts ahead of time what she suspected the discussion would aim to achieve. In terms of the approach to our journalism, what I can say is it's the first thinking on this subject. So I would imagine it's quite a sort of, it doesn't have a question in the thinking title. You know, if you look at it, it says migration, the state of asylum. I think what the conversation tonight will do, it will inform what the follow-up conversation and potentially the question that you would have in a subsequent thinking. So what you'll see tomorrow in the edition would be a readout of the conversation that will happen tonight, 
But I would imagine that the things that you will see following will be the subsequent question that we need to talk about to kind of inform the journalism. So anyone that followed the Kickstarter campaign will have probably heard of this, but Tortoise is kind of built on five big forces that shape our world today. And we'll look at how this dictates what is on the agenda at those thinkings. We talk about the big five forces shaping you know, our world today. And uh, they're very much in the background, if you like. They're not how we um, organise our journalism in the app, but they are the driving force of um, our thinking around the conversations and the journalism that we commission and that we host. So our big five are technology, their capital, so wealth and investment finance, uh, the 100-year life, longevity, um, belonging, so identity and society, and um, our planet, the natural resources. And so when we are thinking about the case files that we open and the, and the areas that we want to host conversations on, learn more about, and the journalism we want to investigate, those are the sort of organising thoughts behind that. So um, in beta at the moment for our founding members, we are sharing our internal news angles, which is the, if you like, the tortoise's read of the hares. So every day we read the hares, we then um, organise the thoughts that we have and things that we think are interesting against those big five. And we're actually in the spirit of open journalism at the moment in our beta We've been publishing that every day in our beta edition, our news angles. And that's driving then sort of longer term planning and commissioning. Because the great thing about, well, the interesting thing about being slow news is you need to be serious at planning. So in order to slow down, you need to plan far more than you would in a normal newsroom. So it seems to me at least that this whole effort is an organisation which is going out of their way for their audience. So the question I really wanted to put to Katie and the question I really wanted answered was why? Why go to these lengths? What is the payoff or reward for engaging with your audience to this degree? A better journalism business for two reasons. One, that we are challenged by different voices and different perspectives and our point of view is more informed as a consequence. And two, we build a better sustainable business for journalism in that if people are vested and have a emotional connection to and feel part of the journalism that we're producing, the um, retention of members will be significantly higher than uh, those that build a business on subscription, which is selling products rather than asking people to be part of something. So the lovely thing about Tortoise and the fact that we're a membership business is that the thinking is both a brilliant editorial platform, but it's also a brilliant commercial platform because it builds a connection between the journalist and their member in a way that you can't get, you know, in sort of a traditional arm's length relationship. So is this a working formula or a work in progress? What changes does Katie envision in store and how will they know where to make any tweaks? We will totally make changes. We are a startup. We um, are 
building our processes, our workflows, our, uh, you know, everything, right? We're learning as we go. And the wonderful thing about being honest about that with our members is that this week in beta publishing, we are publishing a completely different app to the app that we published the three weeks before, uh, both in terms of daily content, but also in terms of workflow. So for the first three weeks, we published a slow news feed of five articles a day. We had lots of feedback that even five articles was too much. So this week, we've been publishing our internal news angles product, which is a digest of the hairs and a sort of a way of us thinking about the journalism we want to focus on. And we're publishing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we've completely changed it up. I think next week, and in fact, I know next week, we're going to change it again. Our members are being very understanding, very um, brilliant at providing us with feedback. Our think-ins that we started doing in May of last year, the format of those has changed and we're still learning and tweaking those as we go. Our first edition of our quarterly book comes out at the end of March. I'm sure our second edition will look different. I think it's one of the things that our members admire about the manner in which we've gone about it, which is we've all worked in journalism businesses where we have projects that go for many, many years behind closed doors and we polish everything and we do it, ta-da, when we're ready. And we sort of took the decision that because we don't know what good, slow news and open journalism looks like, why not do it in an open way? I imagine that the product that we go live with in April and the product that we see in December will have the same philosophy, will have the same fundamental three things we do, but the manner in which we do them will be different. I hope so anyway. Otherwise, we're not being true to our open, you know, being built with and for our members. And what about Katie's personal motive? What got her invested in slow journalism? Yeah, I mean, I've spent 23 years in journalism uh, on the commercial side, trying to reimagine the commercial model to make sure that we can create sustainable business models for journalism. For me, journalism is one of the most important you know, features of a functioning democracy and society. And the idea that, you know, in the last 20 years, we've struggled collectively to find a sustainable commercial model is a really big societal issue. And on a personal note, that's why I was with James, actually part of the team that in 2010 made the Times paid for to much criticism and ridicule by many in the industry at the time, but obviously today now considered to be the most important and primary revenue stream by many for quality news. Um, and, you know, the Wall Street Journal, where I was until last year, you know, we doubled the subscriber numbers uh, of the Wall Street Journal in a three-year period. And it really matters. It really matters to journalism that we rise to these challenges. So on a personal note, everything I've learned over the last 20 years is that mixed models for funding journalism are better than relying on one revenue stream. I mean, let's be clear, in our traditional world of print, most of us didn't have just one revenue stream. And it is amazing that we thought one revenue stream would work for us in digital. 
Um, so there's the, I really want journalism to survive. I really want it to be sustainable. But there's also, on a separate and totally personal note, the ability to be a true partner with my journalistic editorial teams rather than the them and us culture that you find in many, many traditional news organisations that doesn't exist in Tortoise. And it's a breath of fresh air that James and I talk about everything. James has got as many views on pricing as I have on case files. And moving forward, there are two big inclusions on the horizon at Tortoise and in motion as well. And that is to include people outside of London and the UK, as one in four of their members are overseas. Step one will be the live broadcast. So anyone who's a member, wherever they live, can tune in, join in and participate. Um, And then the second is that we are going on the road. So um, I'm I'm in Oxford on Tuesday um, with the team. We're in New York on Wednesday. We're going to Edinburgh, Norwich, Manchester, Birmingham, cities across across Britain in the next couple of months. And our commitment to our members is that every other week we will be on the road. So you will see us in uh, towns and cities across the UK, but also other European hubs and US hubs. And if Tortoise stop off on their tour near us in Brighton, then we'll be sure to pop in again and say hi. But that's all from me this week. Let me give a big thank you to Katie for her time speaking to me, and of course, for you at home or on the commute for tuning in wherever you are. While I have got your attention, our News Rewired conference is just around the corner on the 6th of March at Reuters in London, and we'd love to see you there. Here, one of the big talking points of the day is financing journalism in the digital age, including crowdfunding and micropayments. Do head over to newsrewired.com to grab yourself a ticket and to see the full agenda. Or if you fancy an extra day of training the day before, why not check out the News Wired Plus deal? Of course, last but not least, if you'd like to be featured on our weekly podcast, please get in touch with us on Twitter at Journalism News. But from me, that's all this week. Until next time.